Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, my name is Robert Lamb, and this is The Monster Fact, a short-form series from Stuff to Blow Your Mind focusing in on mythical creatures, ideas, and monsters in time. When it comes to the fauna of the planet Arrakis, your mind probably turns to the famous sandworm. Alternatively, you might think of Muad'Dib, the desert mouse descended from terrestrial kangaroo mice that were introduced to the planet by human colonists. But another introduced species concerns me today, the Kulon. Yes, the donkeys of Frank Herbert's Dune. The Kulon are only mentioned twice in the original novel, both times in the appendix. We're told that they were once wild donkeys of Earth's Asiatic steppe and were introduced and adapted for work on the planet Arrakis. We also learn that some smugglers made use of Kulan as pack animals, but, quote, the water price was high even when the beasts were fitted with modified still suits. This is the tidbit that enthralls me every time I reread it. Perhaps it's just the mental image of a donkey clad in a futuristic water reclamation suit then used by smugglers to traffic psychedelic space drugs. While the Dune Encyclopedia is usually quick to expand on concepts from the novels, they offer very little on the donkeys of Dune, except to claim that the Fremen inhabitants of Arrakis employed them as well and used the animal's milk in their cuisine. By the way, this book features a few recipes you can prepare yourself. I often wondered why Frank Herbert would choose to have introduced donkeys on Arrakis and not camels. Camels, after all, are the ships of the desert, highly suited for dry, arid environments. But the donkey, too, is a highly evolved desert ungulate. Both species offer energy and water savings, but is one truly a better choice than the other? Was I wrong to question Herbert's wisdom in giving Arrakis the donkey? As Yusuf et al. explore in Energy Costs of Walking in Camels from 1989, the camel benefits from low energy cost of walking, which results in an economy of heat production and food water requirements. Plus, the authors argue that the camel is unequaled by other mammals in its ability to carry heavy loads for long distances. The domestication and popularity of the camel is a topic of great interest, and was the subject of historian Richard Bullitt's 1975 book, the Camel and the Wheel. In his 2005 book, Hunters, Herders, and Hamburgers, he mentions that he nearly wrote a book on the donkey as well. Both animals would have entered the world of human domestication, he writes, between 4,000 and 3,000 BCE. As Roger S. Bagnall discusses in the 1985 paper, The Camel, the Wagon, and the Donkey, in later Roman Egypt, both creatures had their advantages, depending on the job and the environment. The camel was superior in its greater range, endurance, and ability to go long distances without water. But it was also more expensive than the donkey, and its advantages would be less impressive if it was required for short and or infrequent trips. And so what of the world of Arrakis? We might well assume that the mighty camel's long-distance, high-volume skills were less necessary within a civilization full of high-tech ornithopters and on a world where travel across the open desert is so terribly risky due to the sandworm's attraction to the rhythm of foot and hoof steps. Perhaps then the donkey was the best fit, 
and the domesticated species most likely to survive on Arrakis long term, as it was perhaps cheaper to keep and better used for short travel in protected areas, and also as a dairy animal. Tune in to additional episodes of The Monster Fact or The Artifact each week. As always, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows.